listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. This is SBS On The Money for this Thursday, Tuesday, the 2nd of March 2021. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Later, we'll hear from the Australian head of video conferencing company Zoom. But first, to the Reserve Bank, which left official interest rates on hold today at 0.1% and said rates won't rise until 2024 when employment, wages and inflation lifts. That's at least until 2024. It's also prepared to expand its bond buying program if needed. For more on that, I spoke earlier with HSBC Chief Economist Paul Bloxham. Paul, no real surprises from the RBA statement today and rates on hold. What do you think's behind the RBA's thinking? Well, the RBA didn't take any action today, but over the last few trading days, what they've been doing is getting more heavily involved in the bond market in order to maintain their three-year yield target. So the, the, the RBA is now targeting a three-year yield of 10 basis points, but the market has wanted to lift those interest rates. So to, get invo- to, to keep it at 10 basis points, the RBA's had to get more involved. Now, the The major impact that has on the economy, of course, is it lowers the cost of funding for governments and for businesses, but it also lowers those fixed rate mortgages, keeps the downward pressure on those fixed rate mortgages. uh, And more and more people are getting into those fixed fixed rate mortgages at this point. So it's lowering the cost of funding across the board. Is there a threat we'll see higher interest rates, whether that be the cash rate or variable rates that the banks pass on before that 2024 RBA date has suggested? Because is there a risk that the economy is growing faster than what the RBA anticipates? Well, the key thing to keep in mind here is inflation is still very low. The labour market still has considerable spare capacity. You've got an unemployment rate well above what we call full employment. So it's the RBA's assessment and and our own assessment that that with inflation as low as it is, the RBA is not going to be lifting interest rates for quite some time. And in fact, from the RBA, we heard today, then once again tell us that they don't think they'll be lifting interest rates until at least 2024, which is obviously a considerable period down the track. And just finally, a lot of attentions on the housing market lately when we saw those house prices rise the fastest in 17 years um, yesterday. It said lending standards remain sound. So the RBA has no concerns about the strength of housing at the moment? Look, I think the RBA is generally going to think that the rise in house prices and the pickup in that area is actually a positive at the moment. It's a sign that there's a return to confidence in the economy. It's also a sign that monetary policy is working. Uh, you're right, if house prices were to gain even more momentum and there was some, if there was risk to build up speculative lending or a pickup in investor involvement, the RBA might start to get a bit more concerned, but that's not happening yet. That's somewhere down the track. And if that were to happen, it's likely that the RBA would then nudge for prudential settings to be tightened, lending standards to be tightened, rather than necessarily lift interest rates. So for now, I think they're just quite confident that the pickup in housing is actually a positive part of the story. Paul Bloxham there, Chief Economist at HSBC. The market didn't like it. The S&P ASX 200 down by 0.4% today to 6,762. The miners declined, but the Australian dollar buying 77.5 US at the close. For more, I spoke earlier with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. He's a chief investment officer there. Scott, how did the RBA meeting impact the market today? Ricardo, it was a bit of a muted response. The market tried desperately to pull out of what was basically a steady decline all through the trading day. Jumped up for about 10 minutes, but unfortunately then resumed its fall. It's going to be a tough one. We're hearing a lot about rising long-term interest rates, right? So a lot of activity on the bond market. How is this influencing the equity market? It's a fascinating story. The market's really trying to work out for how long rates will remain low, both here and overseas. To the extent the RBA is successful there, 
That makes borrowing cheap. It also makes the rate of return expected on shares a whole lot lower. Of course, that's only part of the story because overseas rates will continue to increase as well and markets having to factor both of those into those decisions. So what does that mean for investors then? Basically means we've got to be a little bit careful about what we expect from interest rates moving forward. When rates are so low, that's put all of the chips on shares and that's been great. Of course, as rates start to rise, that should, in all theory comes to practice, mean that there's actually downward pressure on share prices. It also means be careful of the businesses you own and be careful of too much debt because when debt gets more expensive, that also hurts profits. I guess one thing that we've seen is this shift away from technology stocks recently. So where are you seeing value right now in this type of environment? There was a real push away from tech stocks. I think it was, you know, 2020 or the end of 2020 was that was the time to be long tech. That really has reversed to some degree. Cyclicals back in favor, of course. The recovery economy, I think, has got a long way yet to go. That means if you can get good quality discretionary retailers, as uncool as they generally are, I think that can be a really attractive hunting ground for stocks, as well as online retailers in particular. Scott Phillips there from The Motley Fool. Now to Zoom, which has benefited greatly from the pandemic. The video conferencing company shares up 500% in the US last year, and it posted a $660 million US profit. That's up 5,000%. For more, I spoke with its Australian head, Michael Chetner. Michael, I want to concentrate on how Zoom has grown in Australia. How different does it look now? Well, in, from a people perspective, before the pandemic, we were you know, around 60 people in the country and we've grown to over 100. Uh, and a lot of those people that have joined us uh, have joined us and onboarded on Zoom as well. Zoom's gone from a, a small video conferencing company to, I guess, a verb like, like Google. So, so how did Zoom leverage the pandemic? Because there are other video conferencing platforms out there. Well, Zoom had um, a couple of things that were going for it. I think number one is, you know, we're easy to use. Uh, and w- once something's easy to use, the adoption increases uh, significantly. Um, and, and, and so over the last 12 months, we've seen Zoom be, being able to, you know, bring together not only uh, businesses and keeping businesses operating, but also bring together, you know, the social aspect of keeping in contact with, with family and friends. Um, so that, that ease of use, uh, the fact that it was, um, used on mobile devices, on, on iPads, on laptops, and it was the same experience um, and ultimately built on a cloud platform really al- allowed us to provide you know, the best experience for people using it. Obviously, there was a rising work from home trend and the use of the technology as a result in Australia. But do you think this will continue as we come out of the pandemic? Have you received any type of evidence so far to show that? I think it will definitely uh, will continue and we're certainly not going to be going back. Um, I think what the last 12 months have shown us is what's actually possible. You know, we had these limiting beliefs around technology uh, and, and now the fact that we've had to rely on them and it's been a need rather than a want. We've seen actually a lot of innovation and creativity being driven out of the fact that it's being used. So when we go forward, you know, the whole aspect of how we communicate, uh, how we work, is not really going to be around uh, a physical location. It's really going to be around, you know, the outcomes of it and what are the tools that we use like Zoom to be able to do that from anywhere. Um, so as we go forward, aspects such as, you know, our other services like Zoom phone, um, Zoom rooms, uh, Zoom webinars will allow us to continue growing. I'm curious to know if there's 
I don't know, a, di- a, a different way that Aussies use Zoom compared to people around the rest of the world? Well, I think the one major uh, aspect is one that we deal with, you know, for a long time is the, the rural and regional divide between, uh, you know, the metropolitan areas and the country areas. And reliance on technology like Zoom is even more so than we say when we compare it to other countries in Asia Pacific and, and globally. Uh, and the fact that we can deliver essential services like health and education um, through such an you know, easy-to-use application like Zoom uh, has the potential to continue to improve the way that we deliver those services. And then if you think about aspects such as delivery of um, social services and, and the limitations that a physical environment uh, will be removed in the fact that we can do it uh, online and on Zoom. Last year, there were a few concerns when it came uh, to privacy and security. Um, How has that been rectified and what kind of assurances can you give consumers that their privacy and security will be safe? Yes, well, 12 months ago, we never would have envisaged that, you know, our platform in terms of daily meeting participants would go, you know, uh, would grow 30 times. And so with that came a spotlight on some of those uh, aspects you mentioned around privacy and security. And at that time, we we announced the feature freeze uh, and the fact that we had a 90-day plan to resolve a lot of the community concerns that came up and also educate the community on how to use uh, Zoom safe, uh, safely. Um, so those, that 90 days uh, was, was completed uh, midway through last year. Um, and I'm you know, pleased to report the fact that you know, not only has Zoom delivered on, on all of those uh, issues that were, you know, we were asked to address, but also delivered features such as end-to-end encryption, uh, to ensure privacy um, and, and the security that, that individuals would expect. Michael Chetner there, the head of Asia Pacific Zoom. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at businessricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.